right, welcome back to the Dungeon of Doom. Joined by Ben Raven. I'm Kyle Mikey with the Lions Beat. Here, I'm live, uh, literally here uh, right now in a, our little sound recording studio in Allen Park on a beautiful Saturday, Ben. Um, uh, getting our, our first look at the 2023 Detroit Lions on the field, um, at least the the rookies. It's the second day of rookie minicamp uh, today, and it was, uh, I think, after months and months of the slog fest of covering the draft, it was just nice to see some, you know, some football being played again. Exactly. I mean, walking out to that field on a beautiful late Saturday morning after ranking and schedule release and lists and prospect rankings and mock drafts, it's always a beautiful sight to actually see football being played. So, yeah, I, I mean, it makes it feel real. <laughs> yeah. You know, on, on the field, yeah, I was thinking a lot about just the it's really incredible um, to see the work that Brad Holmes did in his first two draft classes. I think you could stack those, you know, the production they've got out of those two classes with anyone in the league. Um, you got some star power with Penny Sewell, Amon Ross St. Brown, Aiden Hutchinson, the you know the, yeah. the runner up for a defensive rookie of the year last year. Uh, late round gems like James Houston, Malcolm Rodriguez. Um, you know, the, he's hit so many home runs. And so when we were out there, uh, and again, it's the it's the day two of rookie minicamp, our first opportunity to see these guys. There's just not a lot to glean um, from the football end of things. It's pretty uh, rudimentary out there. But I was just thinking about like who's the next Panay Sewell, like like who's going to be that nasty nasty son of a bitch out there who who um uh, you know who's going to um uh, pop next year? Um, who's who's the who's the day three steal? Um, and there was a lot to like. Uh, Jameer Gibbs was was not up there. The um the top pick. He had an ankle injury. There's nothing really to be concerned about there. Just tweaked it on day one. They're just being careful. Uh, but without him out there, Ben, I was really impressed with what I saw from Sam Laporta, the the second round tight end. He was, uh, first of all, we know he's a great athlete, but he I thought ran better than I was expecting. I, I thought he actually moved a lot like TJ Hawkinson, built a little bit differently. I think they'll be used a little bit differently. But like Hawkinson, he's going to be uh, a pass catcher for this team. He, he, he caught everything that was thrown his way. Yeah, whether he had gloves on or not. I mean, seriously, he's kind of like an old school badass without those gloves on for the first hour of practice. But I mean, he was like everything you heard about him coming in, like from that draft profile, watching him in Big Ten football, you saw on the field today. I know it's pajama Olympics, it's no pads, <laughs> it's not full contact. That's the last time we'll say that. But just like, like exactly like you said, his ability to stop and turn, his speed across the middle of the field and change directions, I think that's what really makes him different. I think just like I said, that big slot option guy, like he he looks kind of like made for that role. And I was talking with Eric Woodward and Colton Pouncey. And I'm just like, they were asking me what I liked about him. I, I like that. He's like built to play for Jared Goff. Like tell me a guy who likes to throw play action crossers over the medium <laughs> of the field more than Jared Goff. And that's what you're getting in Sam Laporta and just uh, got a little taste of his swagger too. I don't know if you caught that. Yeah, definitely. I talked <laughs> to him after, uh, I talked to him after practice and we'll get to some sound from him in a moment. Um, but you know, he, he, yeah, he sense of humor, uh, some cockiness, I would say we, we saw that play out, you know, it, like he was, he was great and you can see what's going to make him great as a, as a, as a, it's as a pass catcher. I think it's worth noting that, you know, tight ends historically don't like they're eased in because it's a difficult position. It's not like you're just a receiver or just a involved in the running game. You're, you're both of those things. You're, you're a blocker, you're a catcher. I mean, it, it, you're involved in so many different ways that it can be, 
uh, information paralysis is, is something that you hear sometimes with, with rookie tight ends. So I don't know what his role is going to be week one. I projected Brock Wright to open the year as the, as the starter, but it's clear that Sam Laporta is the future tight end one in Detroit. Um, and he checked out in terms of the skill set today. Um, um, and, you know, we saw a really impressive rep from him during one-on-ones where <laughs> it was an open field tackling drill and, and he was lined up against Jack Campbell, first round pick, uh, number 18 overall. I mean, the hype is, is for real on Jack Campbell. Um, yeah, he's going to be the, the starting middle linebacker. He was at the mic today, uh, for Detroit and, um, and they lined up against each other as they did. I'm sure so many times yeah. at Iowa and Laporta just blew right past him and then just gave him, I, I'm not, I couldn't really catch what the gesture was, but it looked to me like it was like a little wave goodbye yeah. as he pulled away. <laughs> uh, so to your point, Ben, just the, 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 you know, the cockiness that this guy has, you have to love too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Jack Campbell on that note, you know, I mean, obviously it's hard to get a feel for your like hard nosed big 10 linebacker at a day like this, but just, First impression kind of reminded me of seeing Aiden Hutchinson for the first time last year. Is like that guy's a lot bigger than I thought he was going to be. Like that guy's got a lot more length than I thought he was going to have. He just he looks like an NBA power forward out there on the field among these rookies. Like there's a lot of length and a lot of things to like. And I just think seeing that relationship of Laporta and Campbell kind of on the field our first day out here is kind of cool. I mean, I remember talking to Sam on draft night. The Lions asked him what player he'd like to bring with him. Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell. Mm-hmm. And I think you see that right now because we're going to get used to seeing these guys kind of battle it out. And they're two very different personalities. They, <laughs> they, yep, definitely. they, they couldn't be more different. Jack Campbell. I mean, it's like, he's like, it's like he's eating like metal or something when he's talking to us. He just doesn't want to be there. It's, and it's, I wouldn't call it hostile whatsoever. It's just no nonsense. Um, you know, Laporta had told me after practice, I, we were just chatting a little bit about how he, um, how they were roommates for a number of years, including living in a house with some of their friends back at Iowa. And I asked him, I asked Sam Laporta what Jack Campbell was like as a roommate. And Sam Laporta had said, yeah, he was a good roommate. Um, you know, he kept the place pretty tidy, did his dishes, which I'm sure is nice, but his room was a mess apparently. And so I was talking to um, Hendon Hooker later on, but I saw that Jack Campbell was also talking. I just wanted to really quickly pop over to Jack Campbell and ask him about that, maybe get a fun little story. And I asked Jack, you know, I walk up and I asked Jack Campbell, you know, so I hear you guys were roommates, you know, what was that like? And he didn't offer much. And then I I, I, had, uh, I said something to him about, well, you know, Sam says that you had this really dirty room. And uh, Jack Campbell <laughs> just looks at me and he's like, yeah, I didn't have time. <laughs> like, and that's all. Like, just not a man of many words. Whereas Laporta, I think, is going to be a guy fans love over time as his personality, um, you know, plays out. Um, Sam did talk a little bit about, um, his relationship with Jack Campbell, obviously, um, the, the, you know, his good first day here, well, his second day, but our first day watching them. Um, and obviously with the way, you know, this, this offense is going, you know, number four in the league last year, um, a lot of football's getting thrown around, including to the tight end, especially when Hawkinson was here and he's, you know, Laporte is going to fill that kind of role in the offense. So Laporte talked on some of that stuff and given he was, I think the best player on the field today, at least in, in my view, let's just get to some audio from Sam Laporta uh, after um, rookie minicamp here. They demand a lot, very small details. I'm learning all the real intricate details of the system right now. Of course, I've messed them up a couple of times already. You've probably heard them yelling at me. So, you know, those details are really what separates you apart in the National Football League. So 
um, you know, they were great last year, and I hope I can contribute a lot this year on offense. So a little trash talk with your college, yeah. former college team. That's my guy. <laughs> <laughs> Just talk about that, being out here, having that experience yeah. together. I mean, actually I mean, doing it now. so fun. Um, you know, I was roommates with Jack the last couple of years. We lived in the house with all of our buddies, and um, you know, it's just like backyard football. Not actually, but like you're just going against your buddy. Um, you know, you're competing, and that's what we all love. We love football, and it's so fun to do it against. Is that Jack. a point or a wave? What was that? I, mean, I don't. I don't even know. That's, <laughs> it was something. That's authentic. You know, I, 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 it's not like it was a celebration. I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm sure I you, got didn't, you. Uh, you didn't surprise him with your speed and and dynamic ability, but a lot of us were like, whoa. Um, do you think you look? Faster and quicker in person than on tape? Maybe. Um, you know, somebody called me underwhelming one time. You know, I was like, <laughs> you know, all right. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I can play with the best of them, but, you know, if you're going to, if I don't impress you or whatever, it doesn't really matter. My play will do the talk, and hopefully. When was that? Um, in college, my junior year. Was it a written piece or something like that, or just no? No, it wasn't. It was face-to-face, which I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I respect it. <laughs> Do you, do you, have you grasped what you're stepping into here with this offense and this team you saw? They're going to open with the Chiefs. You guys mm-hmm. open with the Chiefs. Do you understand what you're stepping into here? Really cool. Um, maybe I'm a little naive. Um, I think all rookies are. I mean, I, the hair on the back of my neck stood up. I got chills when I heard we were going to Arrowhead to open up the season. So, you know, I'm living my dream of playing ball, and, you know, I never really thought I'd be in this situation, but here I am. So, take the most. Do you have pressure to tough Kelsey in that game? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no. Um, try to add as much value for the team. No comparisons here. But it's fun when you see all the parts, right? I mean, I know you're only seeing the rooks now, but when these stats go, there's a lot of pieces to this team, St. Brown, and you expect to be a big part of that. Just the excitement level of the grand picture of things. You're stepping into the number four offense in the league last year. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, a bunch of those guys reached out to me after the draft, and I was like, dang, that's pretty cool, you know? Like, I grew up watching the St. Louis Rams, and you know, Jared reached out to me. I was like, that's pretty cool, you know, but I'm going to be teammates with him here soon. So I probably won't think much of that after that, meeting him. You, you, see, you see the possibilities in this offense. I know it's early, you just got mm-hmm. here, but even from a distance watching them, did you see what it can be? The production, for sure. Yeah, like you said, number four offense last year in the league. Um, definitely hope to be number one. So, I mean, the standard is always going to be at the highest level. So, you know, anything less than that isn't, isn't what we're hoping for. Yeah, good stuff, Ben. I I, I think that uh, Lions fans are really going to learn to to love um, this guy. I know you talked to Brian Branch, a couple of the guys. What stood out to you about some of the guys that you talked to? Well, Brian Branch, I just posted this on live.com slash Lions. You know, I, I mean, it's chip on shoulder season. You're going to hear that hundreds up, upon thousands of times for the next four, four months from these guys. But it was just the way that Branch answered kind of like, you know, what was it like sitting there waiting to hear your name called? This was a guy that was, you know, top 15, top 20 prospect overall for guys. And he just said forever it's going to stick with me forever and he's like you know I don't know if you've read about I'm on St. Brown remember and all the receivers that were taken in front of him and it's motivating he's just like I said forever this is going to stick with me forever so it's just like there's like that kind of attitude there and he I mean he, he's already made he said it a couple of weeks ago he said it again today he's so pumped to hear from Chauncey Gardner Johnson and kind of just build with him it's going to be really interesting to see kind of where he falls as one of those hybrid defensive backs but uh, he did not go today either he went yesterday he said today was kind of just the team protecting him from himself. Undisclosed issue there. He didn't offer really anything on that, but like Gibbs yeah. said, no long term. Yeah, I mean, there's 
it's 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 may 13 (laughs) protect them um no one i mean besides hen and hooker who uh, came here with an acl like there's no real injury issues to be concerned about they're just being careful um with with branch you know um it's going to be really intriguing to see how he's used this year that might actually play out you know if they're healthy in the back end like i don't know how much defense he's going to play that might be a, a draft and stash kind of situation um where he plays a lot of special teams initially and then works his way into the into the into the fold later on this season or maybe next year and giving you some insurance in case CJ Gardner Johnson, for example, yeah. leaves in free agency last year and gives you some continuity without having to pay um Gardner Johnson, um, the kind of money that a guy like that's probably gonna get after a season like the one he's headed for. Um they they kind of fill the the same role in the defense as a versatile defensive back, uh safety, slot. Um they've they've both played both of those positions. So I, I don't know how much we're going to see yeah. Brian Branch this year. Um, but I do agree with a lot of the headlines and different things you see out there about him being a great value pick. Um, I think people get too attached to their like preconceived <laughs> notions of where someone's going to be drafted. And so if they thought Brian Branch should be pick number 20 or something in the draft, and then he goes at 45 to Detroit, it's like, oh, well, he's a, a great value. I think that's kind of like a little bit lazy thinking. Just because you thought he was going to go in the right. top 20 doesn't mean that NFL teams thought that. Every NFL team passed on him through 44 picks. So I think that says something about where his evaluation really was. But in Brian Branch's case, I do I, I see a lot of value there uh, because of the player that he was at Alabama, because of the situation he stepped into in Detroit, where he's not going to have to, you know, not going to have to play a lot this yeah. year necessarily and can learn behind one of the best in Gardner Johnson. Uh, before working his way into the fold. I, I just think it adds a really nice cohesive piece, a versatile piece uh, for the defense. And, um, you know, that's what Aaron Glenn wants. And there hasn't been a lot of uh, track record for success on defense this year. I think this is a big make or break year for Aaron Glenn. Yeah. We, we, his reputation is so big and, and, and almost untouchable. It's amazing to see how little criticism he's drawn, despite the numbers, you know, Ben. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, I think, is going to be a big year for him to prove – uh, his stuff on defense and now he's accumulating all these pieces that we're talking about, like a Jack Campbell who's going to play right away or a Brian branch who looks like a great value, cohesive, cohesive kind of versatile piece uh, for the long term. Absolutely. I mean, we've been Aaron Glenn's kind of built his reputation these last two years in Detroit on making really good tasting lemonade out of lemons <laughs> the last two years. And now it's like, you got good lemons this year. There's a brand new secondary. There's like you just said, there's a perceived ultra value pick at a premium position waiting on the back end and learning. So absolutely. That's a great point there. And then the other guy I'll highlight, and maybe we can clip something from him, but Broderick Martin, just this is the time of year where you kind of just savor these draft stories. You know, Ken Brown walks up and asks him if he was surprised to go in round three. And he's like, heck yeah, I was surprised. I was on the sixth floor of my hotel grabbing some ice for my <laughs> Saturday draft party. He, You know, he got drafted on Friday and I, I just thought, that was super cool. And just, I mean, he's, well, he's a big boy. He's the biggest. <laughs> well, I was going to say, yeah, I, I, you know, uh, you mentioned Jack Campbell earlier and I agree with you that his size stands out. You see, you see yeah. the numbers, right. But sometimes, I mean, that's why you go and scout the guys in person because like yeah. the numbers, what a guy weighs or how big he is or what he runs with a stopwatch can only tell you so much. Yeah. Like there's style to how these guys play. There's demeanor. Um, there's edge, there's tenacity, like the, the grit, right? I guess is the word I'm looking for that that um that this team more than anyone else in the league is yeah. looking for in the scouting process. You like there's not uh a number in the world that can explain that to you. You have to go watch these guys. And Jack Campbell stepping on campus here was my first chance to really see him in person in uniform. 
And the guy is a monster. Exactly. And yeah. especially when you think about how fast he runs and how good he is in coverage, like like he should not be as big as he is. And I, <laughs> I, I just think he's a very unique athlete. But then you see Broderick Martin, and that guy's like, like Ben, he's a monster. Like he 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 could destroy me. <laughs> like he could rip my face off. I mean that he, and he's a raw player yeah. out of Western Kentucky, and um. You know, it like he, as you said, like he he wasn't expected to be taken until uh, late in the draft. Even he thought that. Um, and I think there's some technique stuff that's going to work on. Pad level is a great example. You know, we talked to Ray Agnew, the assistant general manager yeah. today, and they, you know, the the lines are are and Agnew are saying that you know every issue that they see with Broderick Martin's game is fixable. There's nothing in his game talent wise that's an issue. It's the it's just stuff he has to be taught. And if that's true which you know they obviously do because they gave away three draft picks to go get him yeah. uh, in the third round um he could be a force in the middle he he just he has that body type you look at the tape he just drives people back mm-hmm. he just moves people um he he was a monster um so yeah i wasn't there from I'm, I'm eager to hear from him a little bit so let, let's cut to some um, audio from broderick martin talking to the, the media today uh after rookie minicamp I was touched loose in the hotel. I had a uh, dress party for Saturday. You know what I'm saying? I knew I'd get dressed this thing. I was thinking a little later than what I did. Um, but I was, uh, it's crazy because I was in the hotel that I don't have my dress party yet, and I was on the sixth floor. You know, up there just grabbing some eating, and then I got the call from Coach Campbell. And I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> he said, You want to be a lion? I said, Yeah. Yeah, and I, I ran down three, oh no, I'm sorry, six flights of stairs and just to get down to the TV and to my mama because she was down there setting up for the party and all that for the next day. So how much time did you have between the time you go on the phone to the actual draft so you can get downstairs? Uh, I think I had. Uh, they picked, they called me like three picks, but like three okay. picks before. So I, I had no time, but I ain't know I had that much time because I, I was on <laughs> the TV. I was just grabbing me something to eat, and yeah, so I might have to run down six flights there. Elevator was taking too long. <laughs> you shot what was your mom's reaction? Nah, well, technically, yeah, now, but uh, but nah, it was uh, we were just setting up that Friday. Yeah. We were setting up in the hotel because you know draft start early yeah. on uh, the last day, so we were just setting up and stuff, and got that call. Okay, gotcha. What was your mom's reaction? And look, I ain't, I'll tell you, I ain't never seen my mama jump. <laughs> every every in my life, my mama jumped at least this high up off the ground and it hooked me, and I was like. It's probably the best feeling in the world. Can you nope. do that? I'll that. I don't even know if I can do that. Do that. <laughs> now that you're here, how does the reality compare to the dream? It's way better than what I what I thought. This is like I'm blessed. Like, this is a uh, it's surreal. I, I still don't believe it. Like I walked up in here and I seen the locker with my name on, and I just I ain't like I about I about shed a couple of tears because it's just this is actually like here it's happening. It's, I come here smiling every day. I ain't frowned yet. I ain't, I ain't. I'm just smiling, man. It, this is a blessing. I'm blessed. In the football terms, I'll give you any sort of idea where how they intend to play you. Um, uh, not not yet, man. Really, we gotta know. I'm um, coach. Where I got drafted, I'm looking to yeah. looking to play. Uh, but I'm I'm just taking it day by day, step by step. You seem very grateful for everything that's happened. Does that drive you to pay these guys back that showed that kind of faith in you? Definitely, definitely. I mean. Man, this, this is like a drive. I used to pray for this every single day since I was five years old. I've been playing since I was five. I used to pray for this every single day. I ain't missed a day. And it's just for, for it to be here. And you know what I'm saying? It, it was looking rough a couple times from what, how I started uh, with, my, with my college journey and all that. But just to be here is like, I'm, just, I'm so grateful, man. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. I'm sorry. 
the way you know Brett Holmes and Dan Campbell have talked about you, they, they see you needing some development, right? And I think that makes sense. Most guys out here need some development. But do you feel this, this drive to, to shorten that learning curve to, to prove that you can be a bigger contributor maybe sooner than they think? Definitely. I want to I wanna play this year. I want to I wanna do this now. You know what I'm saying? I, I, although I came from a small school and all that, I'm, 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 looking, to, I'm looking to play. There's nothing... Nothing about waiting that I want to do. Like, I don't want to wait, play. I want to play now. I want to be in the Kansas City on first game. Yeah, it, it's been um, fun today, Ben, I would say. Um, getting to know this, this draft class just a little bit, hear from some of these guys. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, um, we did talk to him, even though he didn't participate today. We didn't hear much from him because he doesn't say much. <laughs> we, I counted it up. I transcribed his entire interview. There was 26 questions and in my little transcript and in, uh, in, in Gmail. <laughs> None of the responses broke to a second line. <laughs> if that tells you anything. It's unprecedented. He's, he's just he's not a man of many words. Um, but he was asked about the ankle injury, which is a non-concern. He was also asked about, um, I thought pretty interestingly, about um, just about the value of taking a running back at number 12. We saw that conversation play out. I wrote a column about it, like you know, really questioning whether the Lions were getting getting value out of that pick. Um, and he was, and he said he had heard it as well. Uh, you know, that's gotta be a lot for a guy to like have your NFL dreams come true um, and then just get hammered over the head with headline after headline after headline about whether the team actually got value out of taking you, uh, which is how that whole conversation played out. He said he was unbothered by it, but I think there is something for him to prove. Um, I don't doubt, you know, with how well they've drafted under Brad Holmes that he and Jack Campbell as well, for that matter, are good players, good fits. Like they've pretty consistently drafted guys like that outside of maybe Anzarike in year one. But, um, you know, it, like because of where they were drafted and the positions they play, they essentially have to be stars at their positions um, to, to merit those picks, to find value. Uh, the thing that people keep tweeting at me over and over, you, you can stop doing it. I've seen it. I've seen it all. Yeah. Like he could be the next Alvin Kamara. That's the thing people keep saying. And my response to that is like, he, he better be because to take any running back that early top 12 picks in the draft, you have you have to be that kind of contributor, that, that that kind of star for your team, to merit being taken over any player that's 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 good even at uh, pass rusher, quarterback, offensive tackle, these kind of more premium uh, positions with the big contracts and everything. Uh, I looked at um, you know I, um, the the 2017 draft when Kamara was taken, the 12th overall pick that year was Deshaun Watson. Yeah. And just the value of having a quarterback like yeah. that or being able to to trade a quarterback like that and get three first round picks or whatever it was that, that Houston got a couple of years ago. Um is it just dwarfs any it dwarfs any running back in the league. There's not a running back in the league who can compare to that. So that's that's kind of what you're dealing with when you take a running back that early. Um we did not get to see him today because of the ankle, but uh you can't step in foot foot into this building, Ben, without um you know, running into somebody who is just ecstatic about that pick and what Jameer Gibbs could do for this offense. Yeah, what was it, Ray Agnew? I smile every time someone asks me about Jameer Gibbs. Like, no mm -hmm. doubt about it. And to your point, like, the other positions, the other positions of value, I mean, he's going to be in the shadow or compared to Bijan Robinson for his entire career, too. We don't know what Bijan's going to be, but the Lions traded back, passed on Bijan to take the other running back in the first round. So, like, that's more pressure. That's more pressure, especially Bajan is who we think he's going to be in the NFL. Like 
There's there's just a couple, you know, clouds hanging over Gibbs's head for sure. There's a lot of pressure. Number 12 pick right on the heels of a guy like that and other spots in need. Uh, yeah, it's uh, under the microscope. And it's been a poor day to be on Twitter after tweeting out the Gibbs missing practice. It's just like, oh, Swift all over again and stuff like that. <laughs> Let us just remind you. It is May thir- May 13th. May 13th. They're going to protect this kid. You know, don't freak out yet. Freak out when you have a reason to freak out. Yeah, I think we've yeah, we've covered that one. It, it is what it is. Um, in terms of the um, non draft picks, you know, the UDFAs, uh, I was impressed by Mo Ibrahim. And I yeah. and I think that that's probably not a surprise for folks. I mean, you know, a lot of folks around here, they're tuned into the Big Ten and Mo was a really productive player at Minnesota, not much of a pass catcher, which yeah. Detroit kind of demands out of most of its running backs. Um, I think he'll be kind of competing directly with maybe a Craig Reynolds um, um, for a role in the offense, or maybe just as a special teams guy, but he was a bruising running back at Minnesota. And I mean, he was definitely the running best running back on the field at rookie minicamp. And I'm not just saying that because he was the only, <laughs> literally the only running back on the field because yeah. Gibbs was out. <laughs> Uh, but no, but he was he was imp- he was impressive. I, I mean, I liked him. He's got a big, thick frame, and I don't have the bonus money in front of me. I, I should have brought that up. Um, but it was considerable. It was enough to make you think that Detroit, you know, Detroit really believes that this guy uh, could have a, a shot at the roster in the fall. No, absolutely. I think it was plus hundred thousand. I don't have it in front of me either. But anything over that is saying this guy's got a chance for sure. And uh, the one guy I was watching today didn't see him do too much. I mean, there's one quarterback out there was Chase Cota, the big lanky receiver out of Oregon. That was a guy I really liked in college. That was kind of a guy I had penciled on day three, but just we'll see more from him. But that's kind of another guy that like is not in the Mo Ibram. He's at the top of the UDFA yeah. chance, but like Cota is kind of that guy, that length and just bringing a different flavor to the offense. I think him versus Antoine Green could be a storyline to watch at the back, back, back end of those practice squads and rosters once the season rolls around. But yeah. Yeah. And with, you know, with Jamison Williams, um, uh, being suspended for the first six games of the year. Um, you know, it, there, there's a possibility for an extra receiver spot to be open. And Antoine Green is an interesting one to watch. He's seventh round pick, you know, like it's, I mean, it's a, it's a coin flip that he makes the team no at best, maybe even less than that. Um, but he is a monster in body. Like he six, four, six, five runs really well, um, was really good on the jump ball at North Carolina. Um, and I'm intrigued by him. I honestly didn't see him do too much today. Um, I think he kind of maybe tweaked his leg. I know he's getting looked at by the trainers a little bit um, at one point. So maybe that was playing into it. Uh, but I do like the body type, and it's something they don't really like, – yeah, they don't really have that at at wide out. Um, and Jamison Williams is a different kind of athlete, obviously, more of a burner. But until he's back on the field, they do have a need for more vertical threat, I would say. You know, DJ Tark is yeah. now a Carolina Panther, so – um, there's some needs there. They, they signed Marvin Jones, which will help. They got Josh Reynolds, uh, Josh Reynolds back. They do like Khalif Raymond, but Raymond's a better option in the slot. He's played his best ball there uh, on offense. So looking for more size uh, at wideout, possibly. Yeah. Antoine Green could fill that. Um, but we'll see. Kind of a TBD for me because I just didn't see him do too much today. Yeah, exactly. On the same, you know, just kind of trying to find any size or speed you can for that receiver room for sure could be something to watch. Yeah. It's tough. It's um, it's a Saturday, May Ben. I think we can take the rest of the night off. (laughs) Good stuff. We'll see you next week. This has been Ben Raven and Kyle Mikey of M Live's Detroit Lions Beat. 
Thank you for listening to the Dungeon of Doom, an MLive Detroit Lions podcast. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast, Apple, Spotify, Google. Like I said, wherever you get them and listen to them, make sure to subscribe to the Dungeon of Doom. Thanks again.